Hey everyone, welcome to Minimally Millennial. I'm Shelby. And I'm JP. Our intention with this podcast is to create a community for young millennials navigating adulthood for the first time. We strive to look at life with direction and purpose and want to share this vision with all of y'all. Rather than avoiding the tough conversations, we want to talk about them and get them out in the open. So if you're like us and have days when you ask yourself, how the hell did I get here and what am I supposed to do next? Then you're in the right place. So together, we will unlock the secrets of adulting and try to answer the question, why did nobody tell me this shit? Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by the Dragonfly Massage and Body Work Therapy in Greenville, North Carolina. Allie Hain, the owner and founder of the Dragonfly, has 11 years of experience in body work therapy. She's extremely loved and well-known in our community and does a superb job at massages, if I do say so myself. Some services she offers includes Swedish, deep tissue, prenatal, and hot stone therapy. So if you'd like to make an appointment at the Platinum Winner of Massages in Greenville, North Carolina, you can check out her website at thedragonfly.us. If you mention Minimally Millennial at your appointment, you'll receive a 10% discount on your service. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Minimally Millennial. We are back today with another episode that we're really excited about. We're going to be talking about big girl purchases today. (laughs) Big woman, man, everybody, big everyone purchase. Adult purchases. Big adult purchases. Yes. 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 Inclusive. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get started, we'll start with our Minimally Millennial moment <laughs> triple m week. yes <laughs> do you have one this week you want to share it's so funny every time we get ready to do these i'm like i think about it preemptively during the week and then immediately before we record like something happens and i'm like this is perfect <laughs> <laughs> so me and my roommate some friends it was atlanta pride this week or this past weekend whenever this comes out so we were out celebrating and we we're, you know, like watching a concert. We like went out around dinner time. It got to be like 1130. We were sitting in a bar and our friends were like, come meet us. They were like offering to like pay for our covers and the bars to come meet them. And it got to be 1130. And I looked at my roommate. I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I was like, I just need, I was like, I literally want a QT hot chocolate, a bag of chips and sit on the couch. 1130 is <laughs> even kind of late. I'm surprised you made it that long. You know, like even for a weekend, I can usually make it to like 1230 or midnight, but it usually, usually gets me. And unless I'm had more alcohol than I had had at that point to let me go (laughs) past midnight. But that's the second time now this month that we've tried to go out with friends and it got to be like around that time. And I was like, I gotta go home. I was like, I'm tired. Yes. (laughs) So we walked home the whole way. I was like, are we old? And we sat on our couch with sweats on with coffee and my cat and chips. (laughs) <laughs> and put on like Broad City, which is a phenomenal show. If nobody's watched it, it's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I hosted people over last night and it did kind of turn into a party, but I like was just kind of casually inviting people over to watch football and I was in sweats and everyone started showing up in these cute outfits. And I'm like, oh, I thought this was going to be a casual hangout. Y'all better be gone by nine. <laughs> like, get up out of here. <laughs> we didn't go to bed till midnight. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, that's how, you know, I'm sure I definitely still have it in me, of course. But I was like, I was too pumped from flow right in and the flow rode right down. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That was perfect. I think that is definitely describes all of us as millennials right now. Yeah. I literally felt like I went through the fit listening to, to quote one of our friends we were with. I was listening to flow ride and every song that came on, I was like, middle school, high school, college. I was like, flow ride raise me. What are we doing? <laughs> I have to steal that joke from Brooke. So shout out if you're listening, but shed that. And I was like, flow ride did raise me. Aww. So for all the millennials out there who were also parented by Flo Rida. Shout out. I think about Taylor Swift for raising me. She raised me through my breakups, but Flo Rida raised me as a person. (laughs) (laughs) He did wear sunglasses. It was incredible. He still wore sunglasses. They did, I think, spray champagne. He did take a tequila shot from the bottle on stage. At least it looked like a Patron bottle. It was the wildest thing I've been to in a long time. It was so fun. Wow. Any Snapchats? Mm. I think I just took regular videos. Oh. oh, does that make me even older? No, I just I like was like zooming in. I was like, "Can you see Flo Rida?" Mm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that young and Gen Z standing behind you. Look yeah, at that. get yeah. out of my way. I want to see <laughs> Flo Rida on my camera. <laughs> so that's my millennial moments. Moments. It sounds like of the week. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I love. I look forward to hearing these every week. I know. I feel like they just keep that something just keeps happening. It just rolls right into the Sundays that we record. And I'm like, perfect. Well, we are millennials. So the moments should so be living, pretty regular. Living is a moment. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're going to spend most of the rest of the episode talking about, like you said, our big girl purchases, big adult purchases, big adult purchases. Mm-hmm. And- um, but when I realized that all of the expenses were, I guess, rather purchases when I was a full independent all my taxes. When that first happened, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then when you get all that money back, because you're an independent, you don't make that much money. You're like, oh, shoot. The <laughs> government also knows I'm poor. <laughs> what Somehow, about- Well, on that taxes note, my I learned real quick that side hustling as a 1099 employee can sometimes hurt you in the long run. <laughs> so making sure you write off what you can, because I didn't get any money back this last year. Oof. I hope yeah. that doesn't affect me because I usually get money back. Or that first time I learned how to do my own taxes, there was a couple of years where I did my own taxes. And then it got to the point where I had lived in too many states within one tax year that I was like, I can't do it anymore. But learning how to do my own taxes was definitely an adult moment as well. Yeah. With big girl purchases and stuff. Last but year things. was the first year I didn't cry when doing my taxes because yeah. it wasn't I anything. To that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It stressed me out. Same. I think if I guess not a, still not a purchase, but the biggest like thing rather than like feeling more financially in- independent was the apartment I live in now. I was like, wow, this is my first like adult apartment. This is a dream apartment for me. Something I wanted to be able to afford. Obviously I'm still renting, but it's still that idea of, and I know, you know, you bought your home, which is going to be something we talk about too, but moving into this apartment was a big, I guess, rental purchase step for me too. I, I remember like, oh, when you got the that apartment and sending us a video of it i remember being like oh oh we big girls now we big girls now <laughs> i know and now i never want to leave <laughs> for those who don't know she has what is it two of your walls are consumed by windows florida ceiling baby is my yeah, dream <laughs> it's beautiful you can see the homeless people right out there yeah nice they give clear. me good entertainment full view of the city qt <laughs> yes <laughs> chester loves watching them it's very entertaining. I saw a man that walks around. He always walks around with only one pant leg on, but I don't know where the other one is. It's very entertaining. 
So he's always the perfect temperature. It's like when you're sleeping, you yeah. want to have one, one leg, leg out, out, one leg in. One leg in, but just in jeans. Yes. That could be a trend starter. <laughs> but what anyways. Did you say was your, your first big girl purchase? So. Maybe like an adult. I know I asked this question. I didn't even have like one prepared moment because it. I have multiple moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm an adult now. Oh my gosh, I'm an adult now. Like keep getting that reminder. It's like you get a, like a shudder, like a hoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say I, even though I didn't make the purchase, I remember still feeling like, whoa, I'm an adult. So with my now car that I have, it's a 2009 Honda Pilot. And I, me and my dad, we're just going to go car shopping. This was, I had moved back home when COVID had hit. Um, and we were like, let's just go look at some cars. Cause I, I needed to start looking at buying my first car. And we ended up leaving the lot that day with a car. Um, but it was $10,000, just like something like that, really cheap for a car, but it was like mm-hmm. perfect for me and everything I was looking for. But because it was so cheap, you had to pay all the money all at once. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't prepared to pay $10,000 right then and there. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, Oh, this is what it means to be an adult. You better be able to just fork out the $10,000 when you were when <laughs> right. ready. I'm like, I just started a job less than a year ago. How am I supposed to have $10,000? Um, luckily, that's what, you know, I have amazing parents that are really good with their finances. Mm-hmm. And my dad purchased it. And then I had been on, I was on a payment plan for him so that I could be interest-free for two years back Um on that. And that was the moment I was like, okay, I do have a big girl job, but this, you need to start thinking about money a little bit differently. If you want to be able to make these quote adult purchases. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that hit me with adult purchases too, is just because you have that big girl job does not automatically mean that money's going to flow exactly where it needs to flow. I had worked on so little for so long that when I first got that big jump, I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I'm going to have so much money. And now I'm like, where did my money go? Right. And it goes to some of these big girl purchases. Like I got really lucky because I bought my first car this year too. um, But I purchased it through, you know, family. So I was able, you know, they worked with me and it was a wonderful experience. And I basically went to them and I was like, this is how much money I have saved. I think it was like five grand. I was like, this is what I can pay you for it. And they were like, deal. Okay. (laughs) And I like could have cried because it was definitely definitely worth way more than that. So I got really lucky because I know not everybody is able to have, you know, the luck that either you or I have and have to yeah. you know, go on loans and do payments and things like that, or, you know, lease to purchase or something, but those are big steps. And you bought a home as well, which I still cannot fathom, by the way, I've been looking at condos and I was like, I was like, okay, I thought something like, okay, what they say, you got to put some money down. I was like, maybe if I can save up like 10 grand, I was like, I just put me down some money on a condo. I'll rent it to buy. And I looked and I was like, hot damn, that is not enough money <laughs> to buy anything. Anything. So I, I could buy me a spot next to the QT with the one lean, one jean man for like 10 grand <laughs> and buy half his bench. <laughs> I'll buy you some paint to to paint up your yeah, box. I can buy I can buy a paint for a box. <laughs> Maybe a nice tent. <laughs> I mean, tents are expensive. You could buy one that like mansion size. It's called glamping, you know. Oh yeah, I'll just glam. Be like, I own, mm-hmm. I own a home. Yeah. So I have lots of tips that I was going to go through today um, about first time home buying and my experience. I mean, it's funny as I was writing these tips, I'm like, 
I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. So I'm yeah, tell us a little to... about your experience. Like when you bought your home, what it looked like, like what made you want to take that step? Well, I'm going to rewind real quick, real okay. quick to respond to something you were saying about um, now that we're an adult and we've got our first big time girl paychecks mm-hmm. and we're still like, huh, where did all my money go? Mm-hmm. I was just having this conversation yesterday with uh, one of my friends. She is an avid listener of the podcast, so she'll know I'm talking about her <laughs> when she listens. But she's in the process of searching for her first ever professional job. Um, and she is going through the grind right now. I mean, she is a hard worker. She's like how like I think you look at me with multiple side jobs all the time, keeping you busy, mm-hmm. like just always on the go. But yet... <clears throat> really only feeling like you're surviving rather than thriving. Mm-hmm. And it's a, I remember that feeling in grad school of this is like, is this how it's going to be forever? Yeah. And I'm like, how on earth do you just feel stable? And she's like begging for that financial stability. Um, she's like, I'm just so excited to get that first time job. I'm so excited. And I, it was a hard, like, like, where do you, help someone make sure they're not being overconfident with what a first-time job is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, encouraging them to keep powering through because it does get better. Like yeah. there is financial stability coming, but I remember still being smacked in the face to say, this is not what I thought it was. Um, not at all. We should definitely do a whole episode. I feel like on that too, like that first salary. Yeah. Because it definitely smacked me in the face too. And I thought it was going to be much more. And I realized now literally just having this conversation last night is like, it's so sad. I feel like I went through all the years of school and sometimes it still does not feel like what we have is livable. Yeah. Just in this last week, I was uh, expressing to Ellis all these financial goals that I just reached of mine. And it felt like I was like, oh, I can breathe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you should always be encouraging to say, okay, what's my next financial goal mm-hmm. and making sure you always have those in mind. But I finally felt like I was like, this is where I thought I was going to be when I first got my professional job. Mm-hmm. And, but I have to remind myself too, like, since then I bought a car and I've bought a house and we had been blessed with pausing of student loans. And so I did accomplish a lot of goals, but it just it took me a little bit longer to get here than I thought I was. Um, and I've learned a lot in these last two years. But with that being said, I can kind of talk about my experience of first time home buying and why I decided to buy a home, what my process was like, um, and the things that I think you should do that I didn't do. <laughs> yes, hit us with it. Sound good? Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so I closed on my house February 2021. So I've owned it since oh, just over, oh, we're going to be a year and a half now at this point. Um, and I've had a renter in it since January of 22. So I have not lived in it at all this year. Um, but the reason I bought it, I was, I was renting a bedroom from someone else. I just was ready to have a space of my own. I'd never lived on alone and I needed to feel like I had something of mine and, you know, grow up a little. And I got to learn from her as from bits and pieces to say, hey, what did it take for you to buy your own home? I'm ready to buy my own home. And at the same time, this is the market. It was up and I wasn't working that much. So everyone in the world seemed like they were looking for a house. And it was just crazy. With me being a state employee 
in North Carolina, they actually have a really awesome program where you can put no money down. And so if you go through state employees credit union, so that's where I got my lender from and, and just started there and house hunted. And basically I went in, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, I guess I can be transparent. I'll tell my story of it. And then the things I, I shouldn't have done. <laughs> so I go in <clears throat> and I'm like, all right, I want to buy a house. And he goes, okay, what's your, <laughs> your like budget. And I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> And he was like, all right, well, this, let me help you. And I'll break it down because you don't want to be looking at something that's way over your budget and you become house poor. Um, and we want to make sure it's realistic for you to afford. And I know not other banks are going to do that for people when they come in. Mm -hmm. And so he, he, I'm super grateful that he gave me that experience. Um, and then asked me like, what do you need for a down payment? What do you need for closing costs? And he gave me this whole packet to read before we like moved forward with anything. And that was super awesome. But I, anyways, I was like, yeah, th let's do this thing. He was like, I'm going to approve you for this much. And I said, awesome. <laughs> and then I was house hunting the next day. Like wow. and I had someone texted me to get a realtor. Um, I just, I'd never met him. We just met at the house and it was like, boom, 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 boom. Um, and then I bought a house like probably like five weeks, six weeks later. Then I continued to spend money that I didn't expect. And I put myself in debt as I was trying to figure out what all I needed for a house. Luckily, I did have friends who gave me their furniture and I didn't have to pay to really fill it. But there's still a lot of expenses. I was buying somewhat of a fixer upper and there's work that needs to go in. You have to buy a house inspection. You have to all of these expenses that nobody really tells you about that go into purchasing of a home. When you have found out all these unexpected, you know, purchases, I always think about, you know, making up doing a loan in college or like some of our med students and stuff that have to take out loans to live. Mm -hmm. So did you when you went to purchase that? you know, to get that loan, was it just for the cost of the house or did you in the loan that include some of these startup costs, like the inspection furniture? Like, did you plan for that in your request for a loan? So that, those are good questions. Cause that is part of that first conversation I had with, um, uh, the guy at the bank. I don't know what his title would be, <laughs> my lender. Um, he was like, what, what are we going to be including in this? Like, cause we give you, we'll give you up to $3,000 in your closing costs. You don't have to put any money down on your da down payment. We'll pay for your house insurance, those kinds of things. And if he hadn't told me any of this, I'm like, he's talking words that I'm like, I don't even know the definition of what you're saying. And, um, now I just learned so much and sure. I think if I'd gone back, I would have done so much different. And my brother and sister-in-law, are in the process of buying a home and they're like, how the heck did you do this? And I said, uh, I was a little naive and I didn't do, I just like, I didn't do what I should have done. Perfect. When I get there, you can help me. <laughs> um, I don't regret it. I'm still very happy and proud of myself for buying a house and it didn't put me in like a crazy hole or anything. Um, I think I just could have been more educated on the process before I got started. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're first starting to look at a house, you need to know that traditionally you're going to put a down payment of 3% down of your loan. And I didn't have to do any of that. I didn't put any money down because of my benefit of being a state employee. Then you've got your closing costs, which um, you should a bank for two to 5% of your loan. So that 
is just additional money on top of what you're asking for. And then you need to plan for your move-in expenses. So if you're going to be filling it with furniture, you're going to be installing security systems, you're going to be just buying whatever to get you set up. Those three things I did not even consider before I started my house hunting process. So I already kind of set myself up to be behind. So, and I think that's where you are better than me in the fact that how good you've done at saving Mm -hmm. and you put yourself ahead in that regard. I was also a little bit emotionally motivated to buy a house because I didn't want to be where I was anymore. And I, but I also didn't want to move in with my boyfriend. So I think that kind of like launched my pro my process. If I had maybe sat and thought about it some and tried to learn more, maybe it would have been a little different. Once you look at those three things, you make the decision to say, how much can I afford month to month? And so on Zillow, you'll see the Zillow estimates of your month mortgage payment month to month. That is really, really an estimate, but it gives you somewhat of a starting point to say, okay, this is what my current rent is month to month. I see what that would be the mortgage. Um, it's still going to be more than what Zillow estimates for you, but the think really helped me decide that number. And that's how he helped me decide what I was going to get approved for. You need to have good credit. So if you you don't have credit at all or don't even know what that means, start that process now. So there are a lot of people I'm learning who have never had a credit card, don't pay their own bills because their parents pay them. Um, And that really is, unfortunately, the way our system is set up, hurting you to, in order to make these bigger purchases later on. So getting a tweet. Yeah. Getting a credit card. Good credit. Yeah. Good credit. Get a credit card. Make sure you're paying it off month to month. Um, make sure listen to financial basics with Rachel. (laughs) Yes. And if you have bills, they should be in your name, not your parents' names. Um, because they run that credit check when you're at the bank. Another thing I did not do was compare mortgage rates. So I went to one bank, had one conversation and said, let's literally was like, let's do this thing to the guy. (laughs) But at the same time, I, I had had so many of my coworkers do it with state employees credit union. I had so many conversations about them being the best, um, that I trusted it. Is that the right thing to do? And what I tell people to do what I did? No, I still think you need to be going and to multiple banks to check out multiple mortgage rates and really figure out what's going to be the best for you. I ended up getting my um, loan at a 4.375 interest rate, which is actually pretty low compared to what they are at now. Yeah. I remember just bait, roughly looking at it and they were way higher now. They're like double almost. Yeah. That now. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was closer to 10. It's wild. Um, one thing I did, I did do this, but I have seen a lot of people not do this step. It does not do you any good if you start to house hunt seriously without getting your pre-approval letter. So that pre-approval letter is going to make sure that you can go to the realtor and the seller and they know you're serious because you already have a number that you've been approved for. If you're just going to look at a house without that, you're kind of wasting your realtor's time and um, the seller's time because you need to know how much you're approved for. It's really important to know, choose your agent. So shop around. Um, I felt like I got lucky. I really liked my realtor. Uh, It was suggested for me by a coworker, but if you don't have someone you can build that trust with um, and they don't know the area very well, you need to find someone who you can trust. 
And then the next couple of steps, picking the right house and stick to your budget. So if you're looking on Zillow, I, your realtor should also give you a like website that can show houses that are, might not be on Zillow yet. But don't try to skirt your range right outside your budget. There will always be houses outside your budget. Stick to what you have been approved for because otherwise you're going to see all these things you can't have. And it makes the process a little bit more emotional. Um, you're going to need to make sure you pay for a home inspection. Don't do, don't buy a house without a home inspection. That's another cost that they, that's not really talked about. Um, and then after the fact, you need to make sure you're, you're negotiating with your seller. So these are all the things that I think are big, big tips that I learned through buying a house. And I want everyone to know these basic tips. It's a very superficial list, but. I feel like I just learned so much. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, like I said, I've been kind of starting to look and see what that process would look like because same thing, I'm just tired of renting mm-hmm. and realizing there's so much outside of my budget. And my PA actually recommended to me, she's like, if it's really outside of your budget, but you're looking to own something, she's like, have you ever thought about like finding like a small, like mountain home that you could rent out or something? She's like, if that'd be your first purchase or something, she's like, just something to think about. And I was just briefly looking into it. And I was like, I don't know anything about any of this. I was like, I do not have the money to do this. I was like, this is not what I was prepared for. So I backed off the idea. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think that that's great. I didn't know any of that. I still would not know any of that. And I've only briefly brushed the conversation. I think the benefit that you have right now is you're kind of like, you dip your toe in the water and you're like, oh, too cold. Let me back out. Mm-hmm. The next yep. time, then then you're gonna dip your whole foot in, and you're like, ah, like oh, too cold. <laughs> what I did, I just went. I'm jumping in, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out. It, it did worked work out great. One thing, did, one thing I didn't add to this list <clears throat> was the purchases that go along with it after the fact. So, like my air conditioning unit went out mm. a month after being there. I remember I that, and you were calling me like crying. You're like, yeah, I just so much is broken. <laughs> yes, not only, and my car air conditioning went out in the same week. So it was just the universe like, is like no air for you, JP. <laughs> yes. In the middle of summer in North Carolina. Miserable. Mm. Um, I didn't have that money saved up. I learned a lot through my mistakes, which is how it's supposed to be. But at the same time, I, I would encourage people not to do it the same way I did. Um, and I feel like that's what, what we do. That's why we do this. Why nobody tell me this shit? Exactly. Yes. But I'm very proud of myself that I have been able to accomplish it. Um, and I hope that you guys can learn from this too. Agreed. And I think something I wanted to bring up on this episode too, because obviously like I'm, you know, I said that I've been skirting around the idea of it and, you know, realize like maybe that's not a step I can take just yet, but to kind of validate some of the other, you know, quote, big purchases. Cause I think we think of these big adult purchases, like a home, a car, but you know, there are a lot of other big steps that kind of say like, this is a big, a big adult step that you're taking. And you may not even realize it. Like, for example, some of the things I thought about and found were like taking that first trip that you fully save on your own. Like I remember taking that first trip that I had saved, like saved money for fully on my own and went on. I was like, wow, I like feel very proud of myself to afford and been able to afford this kind of trip. Mm. Or when we talked about being fi- financially independent from, you know, your parents for the first time is a big step. Buying that, like taking care of that first pet comes with a lot of expenses and everything. And granted, it's not as True. big as a car or a home, but that's still a first ad- adult step. Um, to take through. So not to discount any of those other big step next life purchases, even if it's not a full on home or that first nice apartment or things like that, that there still are these other steps that you take as an adult that are stuff you have to plan for, save for, and do on your own. I think just having that overall 
you know, knowledge of like, I can do this on my own. I'm going to learn from my mistakes and I'm going to be successful, hopefully try to be successful in what I make these purchases as. But okay. with that, I had did, I did look up and kind of like put together a small list of like questions to ask yourself before a big purchase, whether it's, you know, the home, the car, anything that we've talked about making it, even if it's like something else that I didn't even think about, like buying, I remember buying my first couch for like the first time on my own. Oh, you were so excited. I was about so that. <laughs> excited or like buying bed, like your first furniture. Like these are all things that I remember like trying to debate, do I buy it outright? Do I have to put it on a payment plan? These are all things that are considered big adult purchases that you may not think about traditionally. Um, so I put together a couple of lists of questions to ask yourself when you're going to make that big first purchase. So the first one is like, is this a want or is this a need? I think this is important because, you know, for me, I thinking of even about that home or even I've been like wanting to get new bedroom furniture, which can still cost a couple of thousand dollars. And I'm like, is this a want? Is it a need? And it's like, it's a want. I have other things I need or want to work towards potential needs or bigger wants. So I forego some of these little, these smaller wants in light of like the big picture. So asking yourself, like, is this a want? Is this a need? You know, like, what can I do right now? And if it is a want, is it getting in the way of things that I need? So mm. say, you know, your air conditioning unit broke. Like you probably had to at some point put off like, Maybe I can't buy, you know, that new furniture. I can't go on this trip. Or I can't do this because I have a need that is taking place. That is still a big purchase. It's taking away the place. So make sure to prioritize those needs over your wants when it comes to those big purchases, because the money can come back for the wants. They can still be wants, but if it's something you need, make sure to prioritize that. Um, the other thing is like, will my savings goals take a hit for this purchase in an unplanned way? So you can, you know, plan and save for as much as, you know, you want, but just like you said, all of the unexpected expenses that you had from this house, just like know that there are going to be, no matter what you purchase, there's going to be things that you didn't expect that's going to come out of that savings, but make sure you're not necessarily having to dip into your emergency savings fund, your medical money, really important things to cover this purchase. If it's a want or a need, either one to help cover this purchase, you know, take the time if you can to try to save for things that are going to be unplanned. We talk about that way back when we were talking, when I was talking about, you know, when you're moving to a new place and all these different things can happen, just know that there will be things that are unplanned. This point is so good and something important because it will happen. The unexpected will happen. Yes. And I read somewhere that I think it's about 40% of Americans cannot handle a $400 emergency without mm -hmm. going into debt. Terrifying. Yeah. And I will I, not touch my emergency fund for anything unless even, it's an actual emergency. But because they don't even have an emergency fund mm -hmm. or a savings account, they just go into debt. And if so, that's a, I would say if you are one of those people, that's okay. There's a lot of people out there like you, but make that a goal so you can handle a $400 or $500 emergency without putting yourself in debt. I don't remember if I read this somewhere, if it was on Rachel, one of Rachel's ep episodes that we did with her, but you know, even if you can't, you know, they say everywhere you read online is like emergency fund, like three to six months of your living expenses. If you're not there yet, put a thousand, like work towards a thousand dollars. So you said, so you can handle four or 500 new tires, a mm -hmm. random medical bill, things that are just unexplained. And kind of goes back to what I was talking about. Like, to me, that is a need that yeah. trumps over little wants. So if you think about it, they always do these maths where it's like, if you stop getting Starbucks once a day, like this, how much money you could save, like in a month, or like, if you forego this and this, like, so much money you can save in a month. It is there, but you have to forego some wants to put towards a need. And I would say that emergency fund of a minimum of $1,000 is definitely a need before yeah. other things. 
Yeah. When I was reading some of these, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> another point that it was is like, what is your budget for this item? Same thing we were talking about with the car, like make sure you're realistic about what you can afford, not living outside of your means and having a realistic budget for your item, what you can afford month to month. If you're in a payment plan, don't say, oh, I can afford 2000 extra dollars a month to have a home that I don't live in. Like, that's one thing I realized. I was like, wait a second. If I even looked outside of, you know, this, if I'm not living in it and taking away my rent expense, I cannot afford anything else. So the idea kind of went whoop, right out. Um, how will you pay? Can you save and pay out right for this purchase? Or do you need to be on a loan or a payment plan? And what does that look like? What does the interest look like? You know, asking these questions to your bankers, if you're getting a loan, what do you pre-approve for? Um, you know, if it's a car, like some advice that I got to me when I got bought my new car is go ahead and start saving for the next one. Now you don't have to put, ba- put mm-hmm. back a ton, but you get a new car, like that's car is going to not last you forever. And it's like, even if you put back like 20 bucks a month over time in the next 10 years, that's going to be maybe enough to put down a down payment or something on a new car. So thinking about how you're going to pay and save for it. Same thing. Do you need a loan? What is your credit situation? Which we kind of already went over for you. I think anytime you're getting ready to make a big purchase, it is really important to know where your credit is at, where you Mm -hmm. are at financially, Mm -hmm. where you are at with your goals and what that credit score looks like. And if you have one and don't shame yourself, if you say, I want a new car, but you can't afford it, but you can say, okay, if I save this much amount for this amount, I'll have enough money by the time in five years. We always joke about, you know, we turn 30, I want to go to Greece and I tell my friends, I'm like, you can come if you want, but it's $85 a month for the next three years. And you're <laughs> going to have about $3,000. And that's what we're going to Greece for two weeks. There's your budget. If you want to come, go for it. Start saving now. And then the last, can't wait. oh my gosh, can't wait. me either. Three years, 2025, baby. <laughs> and the last question I wanted to put in there to ask before, you know, your big purchases, what other loans or debts are you already paying off? Mm, so yes. to me, a want or a need is still like, before you make, unless it's a need, again, if your car breaks down, you have to look into getting it fixed, whatever. To me, a need of a big payment before you can do anything is those student loans, any debt you have, any credit card debt, all of those are still quote, big purchases or big expenses that you should look at before you look into those wants, such as car, home, things like that, if you can. Now, granted, student debt's a little bit different. A lot of people pay those off for years, not necessarily realistic to pay all of them off before you make another purchase, but just something to consider. Those are awesome, awesome points. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I think so you summarized- look at me. I'm like, wait a second. Are you excited about these? Or do you- <laughs> I'm like hyping you up over Ooh, here. I'm like, girl. teach them, teach them, teach them. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, but because think- these are things we learned on our own. And, I, mm-hmm. and, and as if coming from a big sister perspective, like we learn these things and we want y'all to know. Exactly. And that's all, you know. Maybe somebody did tell us this shit, but it did not sink into my True. my brain in a way until I realized I, oh, I actually have to know this shit. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think to kind of round off today, what we really want to take away from our big adult purchases is plan, 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 be educated, educate yourself, ask questions, do things online. You know, for what JP says, dip your toe in the water before you dive <laughs> off the diving board. Yeah. Um, and as always, if you have good stories or anything and you want to tell us, about your big adult purchases, send us a DM. But I think to wrap up today, JP, are you ready for your word of the week? I'm ready. So it's more of a a phrase that I found, but it's um, GMT. It's kind of like how you use like FOMO is like a phrase, but it's GMT. Use it in (laughs) a sentence, please. I know know how. I don't. I've never heard of. I have never heard of this. 
Just, well, we'll just skip it because I don't know. And Urban Dictionary did not have a good thing, but it's a GMT. It says getting me tight, aka <gasps> getting upset. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like that one. Like that'd be getting me tight, getting <laughs> me upset. So that's our word of the week. <laughs> well, as always, thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, give it to us and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Follow us on Instagram, download this episode. Bye y'all. Bye. We want to thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, make sure to download, rate, and review. For more content from your faves, follow us on Instagram at minimally.millennial.podcast. A new episode is released every Sunday at midnight, so don't forget to set those reminders for your Monday morning commute. We'll see you next week to once again tackle the question, why did nobody tell me this shit?